This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. If you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party? Or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea that there's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I, am I crazy, Matt? Little Brian Stelter, no, you're not crazy. You're just jealous. You're angry because Twitter has more users using it than you could ever possibly see in your entire lifetime. And there might not be any moderation. There might not be any moderation. Yeah, yeah, right. That's kind of like what people look at or feel when they look at CNN. There's no moderation of anything. It's just unbridled liberalism. So if you haven't guessed it already, uh, we're going to be talking about Twitter. Twitter. For quite a while this afternoon, we were on earlier today during our uh, noon hour, our noon broadcast. Let me read a nice note I got from the noon broadcast. We are here every day this week at noon and then back again for both Nerdly's Rush Hour at 4. Here's a lovely, lovely email I got from uh, from Anita. She didn't give me permission to use her last name, so I won't. Anita, hi, James. Love you at noon and at 4. Thank you, Anita. I love being here at noon and at 4. Tap on Z from Wikipedia, and I've heard Rob Astorino say it. The Tap on Z is named for an, an American Indian tribe from the area called Tapen, and Z being the Dutch word for C. Oh, Z, C, C, Z, C, Z. Doesn't sound like any new pronouns, but I like it, C, Z. Waters of the Tapan Indians. That's a beautiful name. Keep it. If, if you're wondering what this is about, we spent a considerable amount of, uh, of, of programming time at 12 o'clock talking about the efforts that are underway in Albany to strip the name of Mario Kumo from what used to be the Tapan Z Bridge and restore the name back to the Tapan Z Bridge. And I, there was not one call that said, oh, no, no, keep, go, keep Governor Kumo's name on it. And then, and this is really touching me, I want you to know, Anita, this was really touching to me, and you actually made me tear up here, Anita. You say, James, I never forgot all the stories you told about your parents, your first memory of reading on your dad's lap, 
your father job hunting with cardboard in his shoes. You come from a great family, and you're a great man. Smile. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm working at being a better man. I would not call myself a great man. But um, thank you, and thank you for acknowledging the stories that I've told about my, my dad and my mom and, and my family. They would, you couldn't ask for better parents, and so thank you. And, yes, if you want to weigh in on the Tappanzee Bridge or anything else we discussed at our 12 noon program, please feel free. But today is Tuesday, and Tuesday only means one thing. It means that we get to hear from America's undocumented anchorman, the brilliant the author, the 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 singer, the entertainer, the the keen intellect of Mark Stein, and he'll be along shortly. And I'm going to wait to talk about some of this Twitter stuff with Mark because I have been yearning to get his take on some of this stuff. Uh, by the way, before we go to a break and come back, and hopefully we'll have Mark Stein with us, a few little notes from home, from out here in New York, Rikers Island. Hmm. Look at this headline. I know you're going to be shocked. I can't wait to share this with you. Transgender Rikers inmate incarcerated for assault and housed in the women's... I shouldn't say I couldn't wait. Let me reframe that. This is a headline that I wish hadn't taken place, but it has taken place, and some of us predicted that these kind of gruesome headlines would take place. Now, let me give you the headline, having put this in proper context. Transgender Rikers inmate incarcerated for assault and housed in women's wing rapes female inmate. Did you hear what I just said? Rewind. Okay. Transgender Rikers inmate incarcerated for assault and housed in the women's wing, rapes female inmate. So let's unpack this, so to speak. An inmate who was a violent inmate, who claimed to be a woman, a transgendered woman, but an inmate nonetheless that still has his dangly, was put into the women's quarters. And once in the women's quarters in Rikers, He used his dangly and his strength as a male to rape a female inmate. Now, I'm sure that many of you progressives are shocked that such a thing could happen. Many of the rest of us told you it would happen. When you were on and on, and again, every time I do this and talk about transgender, I want to stress no transphobia over here. People have the right to do what they want to do in terms of the way they want to see themselves. I get that and all the rest. But when you said public policy, public policy is quite different. And there are implications to what you do with public policy. And these are some of the implications. Okay, I rarely mention this woman's name because I just, I don't, like to mention her name. But I think this headline is deserving. Joy Reed. Now, if if there's joy, let's start there. Not so much. Joy Reed screeches, this is from Fox News, 
DeSantis' private police force will intimidate black people out of being able to vote. This is the utter nonsense that NBC News allows on their channel. This hateful, garbage nonsense from this insanely angry woman who has a very distorted view of reality. MSNBC host Joy Reid embarked on another rant against Florida Governor DeSantis, claiming now he has his own private police force meant to intimidate black Floridians. So this is what this woman claims. And, of course, this is reported without, say, without evidence because she has no evidence that this would ever be the case. This is a smear. It is slander. It is not it, it is not at all what you would expect from a real journalist. But then again, she's not a real journalist. She's not even pretending to be a real journalist. Joy Reid embarked on another rant, <clears throat> claiming that in addition to all the authoritarian things he's doing in the state regarding Disney and redistricting, he's governing the state. He now has his own private police force meant to intimidate Black Floridians out of being able to vote. He signed a bill on Monday to create a police force to crack down on voter fraud. So what is she saying? That anyone that commits voter fraud in Florida must be black? I mean, this woman is so so incoherently racist and absurd, it's hard to understand what her logic is. She claimed the GOP is embracing what she calls authoritarian socialism. She also blasted Christians, of course, Christian conservatives for waging a full-on jihad. Okay, Christians raising a jihad. Think about that for a moment. Christian conservatives from waging a full-on jihad against those who disagree with their anti-gay, anti-trans, and anti-immigrant views. Now, Joy Reid in her past has been found to have written some very vitriolic anti-gay stuff. But because she's Joy Reid, she's still on the air where any number of people would have been thrown off. And how dare she talk about anybody with anti-gay? She's a big anti-gay person. But they hid it so she could keep working and spew her insane hatred all over PMSNBC. At the intersection of these groups is Governor Governor DeSantis. She says, look no further than the free state for some of Florida, where Ron DeSantis has waged a hypocritical war on Disney. Freaking Disney. Um, The Disney that wants to sexualize young children, Miss Reed. And he didn't wage war against Disney. Disney came out swinging against Republicans in the state of Florida for passing a law for the people of Florida, a state which you are not a citizen of. And you don't appreciate the people of Florida actually like what's going on in Florida. You don't like it. Tough toenails. Because people dare push back on his hideous don't say gay law. There's no such thing as a don't say gay law. You lie. You constantly lie to your audience. And you smear and you use racial hatred. And this is what the NBC brand has become under you. 
Miss Reed, you are despicable in what you say. I don't know what kind of human being you are. Maybe you're a nice human being. Maybe you're, I'm not going to try to judge what kind of human being you are. But the things that come out of your mouth are utterly despicable. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, when we get back. America's undocumented anchorman. And we are coming right back. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly Rush on Rush. 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. He's always mistakenly British. Tea crumpets, cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Mark Stein. I have been looking forward to this ever since, ever since, ever since the second it was announced that Elon Musk had indeed purchased Twitter. And before we get to Twitter, though, I have to ask Mark something else because it's a subject that I don't understand, and he, being a subject of the Queen and all that, Mark, have a particular insight on. Mark. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. Mark, I read that President Trump said that uh, Harry, you know, Harry looks amazingly like you. By the way, <laughs> we, we've talked about that before, Mark. Yeah, yeah, that's a big, a big conspiracy theory. Actually, I did around about the time he was born. I did actually sit next to the Princess of Wales at uh, I think it was the uh, the London Theatre Awards that year, something like that. It was some, some kind of thing like that. Uh-huh. You were sitting next to her in the dark. <laughs> I don't move that fast. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Harry that comes out looking like Mark Stein. He could be his mini-me. But anyway, <laughs> President Trump says, it's very curious that. I've always been amazed at how the resemblance is. But he... But look, look, I just want to say, yes. look, I, for a start, even, even if this were true, <laughs> after the last couple of years, I would have disinherited him anyway. Uh, and I can assure you <laughs> that... Uh, I would have been uh, uh, Idi uh, Amin, among the many useful bits of advice from uh, Idi Amin, the late Ugandan dictator, uh, when he heard that the, the when he heard that the uh, Prince of Wales was going to marry Lady Diana Spencer, he said, "Your Highness, don't do this. No good will come of it." And uh, and I I would have uh, I am with Idi Amin on that, and I would have disinherited uh, Harry by now if he'd done that. Uh, what he's done to his official family if he'd done that to me. <laughs> well, President Trump weighed in and said that Harry was whipped. And I, I didn't quite understand the remark. I don't ever recall hearing that the royals beat their children. Why, whatever could he have meant? <laughs> uh, I think I think he actually only said half a word there. Uh, and I don't know whether you could use the front half of the word on the radio. Uh, but if you put the front half on the word, uh, on that word, he is the most whipped guy on the planet. And it's not because he, he, he was uh, being disciplined while in the army in Afghanistan. But uh, since leaving the army and leaving Afghanistan, he took up 
with this purported actress and, as the president said, has become the most whipped man on the planet. <laughs> he, he, he is like, he, it's, it's almost as if he's on the Rio Grande and he's got the Border Patrol just riding around him in circles all day long. <laughs> All right, well, let's go back up to home country, shall we? Canadian University's tenure track, only available for women and transgender and non-binary people. According to a listing posted in March, the position is only available to qualified individuals who self-identify as women, transgender, non-binary, or two-spirit. I <laughs> never knew that there was a two-spirit thing. Can you... What? What's that? And why? And... Waterloo, have you? Did you apply for this job? By the way, tenure up there? No, because the longer this stuff gets, it's like uh, I referred once to the gay parade in Toronto, the Pride Parade, and I got these indignant letters saying it's not the Pride Parade; it's the LGBTQ blah, you know, two S parade, and the two S, the two S. It's it's like but that's the, the the official name of the pride parade LGBTQ blah 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 blah. It's like when you apply to the DMV for a vanity license plate and they send you the one they were going to issue anyway. And, uh, uh, that's what the pride parade is these days. Anyway, two spirited is a Native American thing for people who are uh, have a certain gender. I thought it was like Anne of Green Gables. She's too, if you read that story to a little girl, she's far too spirited. And, uh, oh, okay. and, and, uh, and in fact, it's not. It's some North American category uh, because, you know, they, they have their own sexual ambiguities, but, you know, they puff the peace pipe and they have the uh, wigwam and the totem pole. So it's all much more exciting than just being a plain old uh, non-Native American person who uh, is two-spirited. So that's, that's, that means Native American uh, non-binary and gender oh. ambiguous. Yeah. Thank so you. That's, for, okay. So, yeah. what, so white you, guys... You, you laugh at that, but it, I, I don't see... It's not funny, James. I do not understand why the Democrats do not have a two-spirited senator yet. And I do not understand why Joe Biden has not nominated the first two-spirited judge to sit on the Supreme Court. Well, I thought so he it's all did very that. Well, it's because, American... wait, wait, no, no, hold on. I thought he did that because Katanji speak with forked tongue anyway. So she got two, two little, you know, I don't know what a woman is. What's that? That's forked now, tongue language. No, that's, that's the side that only the white man with forked tongue. Oh, okay. told me that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I think she's a white man. I mean, we may have a, we may have a touch of the old Virginia governors going on there. I, uh, oh. I don't know. Uh, so when she said that, when she said uh, that uh, she doesn't know what a woman is, <laughs> I find that. I mean, this is how literally insane it is. Joe Biden has just gone around <laughs> everywhere. So I've appointed her uh, because she's a woman. So she looks like America, and so we have to have a woman. She's a woman. I said, find me a judge who's a woman. They said, uh, this judge is a woman. I, oh, that'll do. We'll put her. Uh, so she, she's been for weeks beforehand. We've been told this judge is being appointed to the court because she's a woman. She doesn't know what a woman is. <laughs> I, uh, I don't get that. That's <laughs> I don't. Uh, this is identity politics. We're appointing you to the court because you're a woman.
Well, uh, okay, but uh, let me give you a heads up. I don't know what a woman is. Uh, I mean, I, I've, had, I've had enough of all this stuff. Okay, Twitter. Twitter. Now, Mark, <clears throat> this is, to me, delicious. Sean King. This is, I don't know, I, I forget. I thought he was one of the original BLM guys. I don't remember what brought him into the mix. But anyway, he says that uh, um, he's logged off of Twitter for good. He's done. Because El- because Elon Musk, but he says at its root, Elon Musk wanting to purchase Twitter is not about left versus right. It's about white power. White mm. power. The man was raised in apartheid by a white nationalist. He's upset that Twitter won't allow white nationalists to target and harass people. That's his definition of free speech. Yeah. So for me, it's not about left and right. It's about how the richest man in the world, a son of apartheid, raised by a white nationalist, <laughs> wants to be sure his speech and that of other white men isn't censored. So Sean yeah. King's had it. He's done with Twitter. Yeah, I w- I'm interested to see whether this works. All these guys, oh, I'm complete. I'm disgusted by this. I'm out of every. Everybody, uh, Caitlyn Jenner uh, got shadow banned by Twitter the moment she became a Fox News contributor. Right. It's nothing. It's not now that it's it's nothing even to do with anything you say. I'm shadow banned on on Twitter. Um, I don't care. I don't care about it because I hate all these one size fits all formats. But the idea that somehow you uh, he's disqualified from. Uh, owning Twitter, where because he's a white guy, whereas you know Jeff Bezos is a white guy who's attacking Elon Musk for owning Twitter. I mean, in the end, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care about these. Things. I think, I, what, what is it up? One hundred and forty characters or whatever it is. Yeah. I think the, the idea of having a war, uh, a war about who owns a medium in which you can only talk in 140 characters. I think it's I think this is this is a fantastic thing and I would love it. Uh I just got uh, a, a video I happen to be in uh was taken down from YouTube. Really? I would I would love it. Yeah, uh and it's actually a very civilized debate between me and another fellow about uh, vaccine booster shots. Oh. And and, and so it was taken down. Mm. This idea I would love for Elon Musk to... Here's what that guy, Sean King, is... Uh, I'm, I know he is. I was, I was getting confused with Sean... Is it Sean Cassidy, who's uh, one of David Cassidy's brothers? I can't I don't remember. Know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but the whole, but the, whole point, the whole point of it is this. Uh, the last two years, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube have uh, enforced this distinction between the official version, which you're allowed to repeat like you're a well-trained parrot in a pet store window, or and everything else is disinformation. And all Elon Musk has to do to be on the right side is to say, ah, you know, we're not going to do that. If you've got an odd view on climate change or COVID vaccines or the Ukraine war, so what? Go for it. All he has to do, and it, then it doesn't matter. He can be, he can be the son of an apartheid. He isn't a, a strange guy. He doesn't own a house. 
he basically goes around sleeping in friends' houses wow. all the time. Um, so he's he lives unusual. Well, you say wow, but if you look at all these people, the average rich guy says, oh, we need to do something about climate change because the rise in sea levels is going to wash away most of the world by the year 2040. Uh, by the way, I've just bought this $30 million piece of waterfront property <laughs> in Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> So at least Elon Musk isn't that big an idiot. And, uh, and I think all he has to do is just say, no, no, it's not the government version and disinformation. You can have uh, a- anything in between is all good to go and let the people judge. Well, another actress and activist, Jamila Jamil, or something mm-hmm. like that, Jamila Jamil, Hmm. says she's living Twitter. I don't know who she is. I don't know who half the actresses are. What have they done? Who are they? They're just names <laughs> that pop up in the news out of nowhere. And she no, says she's I... leaving Twitter. Well, okay, thanks. Didn't know you were there, honey. Well, I think that's like most Twitter celebrities. You know, you tell, oh, yes, she's the, this leading actress is quitting Twitter. Really? I, would, I think people should just create, uh, create celebrities for Twitter because Twitter exists... So Twitter exists basically so people can just get into an argument with celebrities. Now, obviously, if you are at a super high level of celebrity, you don't want to be arguing. Barbara Streisand doesn't want to be arguing with Gladys Scroggins of 27B <laughs> Elm Street all day long. So, so it would be much better if people... Uh, well, in fact, they, I, I say that, but in fact, I, they've already invented that. Have you heard about these people called influencers? Yes. The, uh, yeah, they're people who are on whatever it's called. TikTok. Talk. TikTok. Tick, yeah, tick, ticker, tickergram or Instatalk <laughs> or whatever it is. You know. And uh, they, they're influencers. Oh, that's great. What a glamorous life you must lead, jetting around, meeting other influencers. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, I just sit in the basement all day long and uh, Instatalk all day long. I mean, this is... We're now, once they create their own levels of celebrity, uh, then it's, it's, it basically absolves us of the need to pay any attention to actresses. Actresses can then get back to acting and leave all the politics to influencers on uh, Twitter. Brilliant. As always, Mark Stein. What did you, you know, Mark, by the way, I saw that the, uh, uh, one of these agencies says now 60% of all Americans have experienced COVID. Everything's mm. going back to normal. You know what this means. It means we can start planning the Mark Stein cruise that I yeah. want to be a part of to take people to distant quarters of the world. Yeah, and give them the Omicron. Yeah, hell yeah. Mark. No, I, uh, I love. No, you're right. We should. I just like to back to. I, I'd like. To, I'm like, uh, you know, Judy Garland in the Wiz. I'd like to click my red shoes and be back in January 2020 as if none of the last two years had ever happened. I'd like for you um, to click your red shoes and be back there with Princess Diana in the dark again. See whether we can <laughs> get one more. Oh, James Golden. Wash your mouth out. I'm a, I'll never be Governor General of Canada now. You've completely ruined it for me. Mark Stein, thank you so much. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley with you here on on. Both Snurley's Rush Hour, coming right back. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Bo Snurley. On 77 WABC. 
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush, rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Ah, yes, with Stevie bringing us back. One of my favorite songs of all time. My Sherry Amor. Notice he didn't say lovely is a spring day because it is so cold out here. Yes. So beautiful. What a beautiful melody. Can you imagine a teenager singing like this? Well, that's what was happening here. WABC Talk Radio 77. Okay, so... Twitter has gone nuts on Twitter. And I've I've been spending so... I've never laughed so hard at some of the things that are on Twitter and some of the headlines. So I decided, rather than go through the full stories, because you'll get a gist of some of these stories if I just read the headlines. So let's go through a few of the headlines. And then later this hour, we're going to speak to another uh, guest who has an amazing article, if you want to find it on the Hill... Elon Musk's Twitter purchase brings free speech into sharp focus. That's in the Hill today. We'll be speaking with the author uh, shortly. But listen to some of these headlines. Immediately after Musk buys Twitter, Saki announces crackdown on social media power. That is from AmericanWireNews.com, and here's what happened. Within hours of this thing, all of a sudden, Biden and those guys want to look at the way that social media functions and perhaps look at that Section 230 that gives Twitter the, the, the freedom that they do. So instantly, this is the, the pushback. Oh, you bought it? Oh, let's, ta- let's, let's try to regulate it out of business now if we get a chance. I love this headline, another one from AmericanWireNews.com. Frantic MSNBC host suddenly realizes owners of Twitter may have power to rig elections in irony overload. Yeah, now all of a sudden... Liberals, by the way, there's a story in the Associated Press that demonstrates this, but they are worried, worried. What's it going to do if there's actually free speech on Twitter? Another headline, Twitter workers face a reality they've long feared. Elon Musk as owner. Twitter, this is from the Washington Post, the Amazon Prime, Jeff Bezos thing, the Amazon Prime Washington Post. This is from Amazon Post. The Amazon Post. Yeah. Twitter employees reacted with shock and dismay on Monday. As the new reality set in, Elon Musk, the world's richest man, free speech defender, and strong critic of Twitter, would be the company's new owner. Kind of like what happened when Bezos took over the Washington Post. And some of you people, the reporters over there at the Washington Post, 
wondered whether they were going to have to spend their weekends bagging groceries at Whole Foods. That didn't happen that we know of. Some tweeted tear-filled emoji and memes of people having emotional breakdowns, while others told the Washington, the Amazon Prime Washington Post that they were too, they were in too much shock to speak. Can you imagine that, having such a meltdown? Anyway, okay, I love this headline. Where is this one from? This is from The Hill. Musk buying Twitter alarms Democrats. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? Democrats are alarmed. <laughs> Democrats are alarmed. <laughs> yeah, I'm so just, just mortified that Democrats are alarmed. Well, whatever do they have to be alarmed about, I ask you, Martha? It's just one man purchasing a company that does no evil. I mean, after all, what are they going to do, block liberals and block progressives over there? All right, let's turn to the Daily Mail. I love this one. Elon Musk Twitter revolution. Rebellious staff claim their new boss is, quote, unquote, dangerous for democracy. End quote. And this is amazing. Oh, that 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 actress that I never heard of. She's in this story, too. She must be known. Jamil Jamil. Jamil Jamil. Jamil 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 Jamil. Oh, here's here's what she says in this one. She led the charge of left-leaning celebrities announcing they would abandon Twitter, declaring that she would no longer be tweeting because his free speech bid would end in lawlessness, hate, bigotry, and misogyny. Ooh, she put those four words together. She knows big words, this one. Very impressive. Rob Reiner, you know, the guy that Archie Bunker used to call, yes. Meathead, mm-hmm. He said he feared criminal Mr. Trump would now have his account reactivated. Donald Trump has said he's not going back to Twitter. We'll see. Mia Farrow says she may leave the app for peace of mind. U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren described the deal as dangerous for democracy. Oh, please, with this garbage. Meanwhile, left-leaning California-based employees bombarded the site and internal message boards with attacks on Musk. They're raising a tax on the guy that just bought them. How smart is that? That's pretty brilliant. Guess nobody will find out who you are, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Among those whining about to take over was software engineer Addison Howenstein. Um, <clears throat> for those of you uh, that will be doing the new HR over at Twitter, let me repeat his name so it's not hard to find. His name would be Addison Howenstein, okay? Twitter employee raging against the boss, okay? He wrote POV. You asked me why, and this asked Elon Musk is buying 9.2% of Twitter and getting a board seat is bad, and I'm explaining why this was clearly not his end goal, and things will certainly get worse and potentially be dangerous for democracy and global affairs. Hey, Elon, this guy's your employee. You know what you can do. You're the boss now. He's slandering you, Elon. You know what you can do. Yeah, a lot of these little San Francisco um, um, nuggets are out on parade. 
from AP. Can Musk deliver on his vision for Twitter? Questions remain. That's from the Associated, excuse me, the Associated Press. Now, there's a line in this Associated Press story I'm going to have to pull out. Okay. It says in here, and they're quoting a professor, this move just shows how effective moderation features have been to annoy those in power. Says Kirsten Martin, a professor of technology ethics. Yeah, like that's a thing. At the University of Notre Dame. I would be worried as to how this would change Twitter's values. What are Twitter's values? Shutting down speech from people they don't like or that they don't agree with, like conservatives. Those are the values of Twitter. And that's why people are worried. Now, the AP, in reporting all of this, said, um, they, they quote somebody. Here's some of the other quotes. They picked Twitter's only black engineer in leadership position. Twitter is going to let a man-child essentially take over their platform. Yeah, he also works for Twitter, Elon. Let, well, you can pass his name to HR. His name is Leslie Miley. Make sure that HR gets his name. Another one ragging the boss in public. Okay, now I want you to listen to this line from the AP, though, then we'll go to a break. The more hands-off approach to content moderation that must envisions has many users concerned that the platform will become more of a haven for disinformation, hate speech, and bullying. Something that it has worked hard in recent years to mitigate. Wall Street analyst says if he goes too far, it could also alienate advertisers. Okay, so this is what they think they've been doing. Eliminating disinformation, hate speech, and bullying. Twitter has been bullying. They've been using their own version of hate speech to smear conservatives. And by not allowing all the information to surface, such as information that contradicts their point of view on COVID, they are the home of disinformation. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour, coming right back. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley on 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, rush, rush. Oh, you know how this is, don't you? Yeah, Freddie Mercury in the voice. Queen. Another one. Bites the dust. That's right. Yes, I am. That's right. Another one's bitten the dust. That's right, lads. And this time, it's a lot of the liberals that work at, uh, apparently, at Twitter, who feel that they've been uh, abused by the new owner who hasn't even moved into his office yet. We have with us brilliant man. Richard J. Schinder. Am I pronouncing your last name right? You are. You are. Thank you. Thank you. And now your company, this name is so amazing. Is it Theatine or Theatine? It is Theatine. Theatine. 
Partners, you have a brilliant piece today, brilliant in the Hill. I read it, and I was just like, wow. I have, I, I'm always amazed at people like you that can put such amazing thought. Your, your thoughts are so coherent. One of the things you said, at issue are freedom of expression on the one hand and content moderation on the other. Defenders of content moderation on social media, whether they do so directly or implicitly, place greater value on some forms and substance of speech than on others. What is often lost in the fog of battle over speech is that free expression and authentic content moderation are not necessarily at odds. Can you explain the rest of that? The the, the headline, by the way, for anyone that wants to go to the Hill, Elon Musk's Twitter purchase brings free speech into sharp focus. Have at it, Richard. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, again, thank you for having me on this afternoon. So I... I thought that, you know, certainly, you know, and stepping back, I mean, I, I'm a financial services professional, so I typically write on capital markets, economics, and corporate governance topics. And Elon Musk's bid for Twitter really gave me the opportunity to expand my range a bit and focus less on the nature of his bid for the company and more on his reasons for doing it. And when he initially disclosed the size of his holdings in Twitter and was considering initially considering taking a board seat, I noticed that the public debate about you know his role in the company going forward centered on concerns that under his influence or, or now under his ownership, that content moderation would be at risk. And I thought that that was sort of a curious term, content moderation. For what is, I think, you know, your listeners would probably agree is is really speech suppression. And so, as I reflected on the treatment that had been afforded the New York Post uh, with the Hunter Biden laptop story, and the, you know, more recently the suspension of the Babylon Bee for you know for making a joke uh, that I guess was was considered beyond the pale by the content moderators um, at Twitter. Um, it occurred to me that the concept of content moderation was being mischaracterized in the manner that Twitter was using it. So, I mean, I think that most people think of content moderation, um, you know, as properly applied as, as removing profanity or threats or, you know, posts about how you can make $700 a week working from home for only two hours a day, things like that. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, but but not, you know, suppressing speech, you know, that um, – you know, that moderators might, might deem distasteful. Right. And so now what do you think, now that he's bought this, and now that, now that this is a reality, and you see some of the employees of Twitter just having a cow, the left, some of the headlines, um, Musk buying Twitter alarms Democrats. You have, it seems to me, the whole left and progressive movement are lined up to declare that, okay, democracy is dead at Twitter. This is the end of democracy as we know it. Do you actually think that's going to be the outcome of this purchase? Well, I, I don't, and, and I, I don't pretend to know exactly, you know, how how Mr. Musk will implement his vision with Twitter as a private company um, for protecting and, and promoting free speech on the platform. But what I, I guess what I've really been taken with in, in hearing, you know, sort of the, you know, the the lamentations and the, you know, the the, the hair shirt, you know, cries of of the left is, you know, th- that perhaps the mask has slipped. If if the notion, and again, how how it ultimately manifests remains to be seen. But if you take 
Elon Musk at his word that that his vision for the platform, which, by the way, has has been echoed and, and endorsed by Jack Dorsey, um, you know, the former CEO and current board member, that you know his he views his job as as removing the bots and removing you know the suppression and and um, you know uh, shadow banning and you know other techniques techniques that are applied in the algorithm you know, that have the end result of, of suppressing speech. If you take him at his word, and that is such a bogeyman for the left, well, then it, I think what it really suggests is that, again, the mask has slipped, is that, oh, so what you're saying is that that's not what this platform, you know, has to date been about, and those things give you pause. And then I think that takes one, you know, down a, a slippery slope of, okay, well, if if competition, whether it's in the form of a, a free market of ideas or competition in the form of, of free markets more generally in the, in, in the nature of capitalism, you know, are bad, then, then what is it you're really promoting? Exactly. <laughs> and that would be the point. Richard, thank you so much. We hope to hear from and have you back on the program. I just love this, this column, and thank you. Um, we look forward to having you back. Thanks so much for being with us. I would love to be back. Thank you so much for having me. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerly. Let's do a quick call, shall we? Uh, we've had people holding on. Let's start in Staten Island uh, with Mark in Staten Island. Hiya, Mark. Hi, Bo. How's everything? Good, thank you. You, you were wondering on your, uh, on your on a 12 o'clock show on Mayor Lindsay if you had anything. Uh, yes. There is a park named after him. Oh. Off the East River Drive. It's near the Williamsburg Bridge. And I, I, I would love to see a sign above it. Welcome muggers, welfare chiefs, and graffiti artists. <laughs> <laughs> or prepare, uh, be, prepare to be mugged when you enter here. <laughs> be a memorial oh, thank you, Mark. I appreciate <laughs> you so much. Let's go to Ardsley and Margaret. Margaret, thank you for waiting. How are you? WABC Talk Radio 77. Hi, James. I just um, I wanted to say thank you for having that uh, beautiful song on, on on Saturday. Chris Jasper's song gave me chills. Oh, it was and, wonderful, uh, wasn't it? Can I just tell people about it, by the way, very quickly? We had a song debut, and Chris was so nice to spend a half an hour with us on the air. Chris Jasper of the Isley Brothers, who is a rock and roll Hall of Fame member, and he debuted his new song, We Are the People, We Are the Nation. The song is a tribute to America, and perhaps we'll play uh, portions of it here Be so we, if you haven't heard it, you can go to chrisjasper.com and, and listen to it, but we'll play it here uh, before the week is over. So, Margaret, thank you. What else did you want to add to it? Well, I, I just think the words were simple and just very powerful, and I had chills while I was listening to it, and I was so, and crying a little bit, and I was just so happy to hear somebody echoing feelings that I have for my country. You know, And, and, yeah. and to know now we're not out there alone. That's so right. And, you know, Chris said some amazing things while he was on. He talked about um, his, he, he was openly and talking about his relationship with God. He talked about his mm-hmm. love of this country and love for the people of this country, and his optimism for people of this country. And you think about it. I mean, Chris uh, Jasper comes from the world where a lot of artists don't speak that way about the country, don't speak that way publicly about God. He's fearless. And there are some things that people don't know about Chris. Chris, his wife, and his son are all lawyers. 
too, in addition to being an amazing classical music scholar and all that, uh, his whole family, he doesn't practice law, but he wanted to better understand um, contracts. So he went and took law. This man is brilliant. He, and he comes from a family of achievers. His wife has an amazing story of her own. She was here. Maybe if we have it back, we'll just put both of them on because they have the most incredible personal story that is wrapped up, by the way, in New York radio. And I, I don't want to reveal this story, but it, it's really a good one. So, Margaret, thank you. I do appreciate your call so much. Thank you. All right. James Golden, a.k.a. Bolsonaro. Oh, my uh, my nephew <clears throat> sent me a picture of Jamila Ali, Alia Jamil. She's a little cutie. I mean, she's young. She's a little cute thing. Ooh. No, well, she, look, I'm not talking Disney cute. She's over nine years old. In fact, she's an adult. Okay, so uh, let's not go left field on this. She's born uh, in 86 in London to a Pakistani father and a Pakistani British mom. And she's quite cute. She was born with congenital hearing loss, several operations to correct, and uh, so apparently she's had her own challenges, and she's a total liberal. What else is new if you're in Hollywood? So I guess, you know, that's that. Okay, a few things. We will be back tomorrow at 12 noon. We're back every day this week at 12 noon, and we enjoy being here every, well, 12.15 after O'Reilly, but it's the 12 noon hour, and we're here. And then we're back here for Boston Early's Rush Hour every day at 4. And, of course, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza starts at 7 in the morning. We send out two email blasts a day with news headlines. If you want it, you can go to jamesgolden.com or bosnerly.com and subscribe to them. It's called The Daily BS, and it's really cool. Yeah, The Daily BS. You can get your own Daily BS right in your inbox. And there's more. Oh, yeah, there's a lot more. We've got so much going on, it's incredible. But here's what I want to say. We are New York. You know that. But we are Pennsylvania. We're Connecticut. We're New Jersey. And I'm not going to leave out again, ever again, Long Island. Because we are Long Island. Okay? Even in Huntington, Long Island. We're all of it. We are all New York City. And New York City strong. We are in America, the greatest country that humanity has ever witnessed. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. And look down with special favor on those suffering in Ukraine. We'll be back tomorrow, 12 noon. See you then. Bye.